Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. podcast. The following is episode three in a six-part series on the history of the church by Terry Miller. This episode is called Landmarks of God. Heavenly Father, we give you glory because we have come to believe. We have come to believe in one that is greater than us. O Lord, the one that you sent from the heavenly kingdom from the realm of eternal glory. Son of God became Son of Man, that sons of men might become sons of God. Father, we thank You for Calvary. We thank You for the blood of the eternal covenant. We thank You, O Lord, for the sure word that You are giving to Your people, not only throughout the ages, but even in this day, that we can be established upon the foundation of the holy apostles and prophets uh, with Jesus Christ Himself, the chief cornerstone and the head of the church, the body of Christ forevermore. So may He be exalted. This is our cry. This is our prayer. This is our longing. It is the desire from the depth of our being. Come, Lord Jesus. As we pray to His children, come Lord Jesus and be our guest. And this food that you are placing before us to all of the people be blessed tonight. In Jesus' name, Amen. How many love the Lord tonight? Glory to God. We welcome Him with joy. We're thankful for each and every one who has gathered together in this place tonight. And as our brother led us in worship, Brother Hannigan, we were lifted together into a higher place. For we, as we sang together, higher ground. This is our prayer. This is our hope. This is our aim and it is our desire. For we know that the fullness of life, hallelujah, is in that high place, son. And that high place is not somewhere you go when you die. In fact, the only way you can get there is by living. It's a place where there's life abundant, life full, life rich, life forevermore. It's that wonderful realm in God, that wonderful realm in the Spirit, where the anointing flows like a river. Indeed, out of you too doth that river flow tonight. As we minister before the Lord one to another, we minister one to another, we are being built up together in the holy faith. Hallelujah. In the faith that has once been delivered and is now being unfolded in a clearer and clearer and brighter and brighter level of understanding possibly than we could have ever dreamed of. Um, Last night we quoted the Scripture, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the Son of man that thou visitest him? 
And it causes us, when Jesus comes, you see the tempter's power is broken, it causes us to stand in awe and to worship Him and to exalt Him, for He is our life. And Paul said, when He, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we appear with Him in glory, in that same glory. Hallelujah. We used to hear them say, the half has never yet been told. Probably true. The half has never yet been told, but I'd venture to say, knowing the vastness of God, uh, that 99 and 9 tenths of it hasn't yet been told. The best is not behind us. Amen? Hallelujah. But the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. I was visiting with Brother Phil Amundsen, one of the elders, briefly before the, the meeting. And he was telling me about the scriptures that God seemed to lay on his heart. Was that yesterday, during the day? And uh, they almost, in one sense, they almost contradict each other. But when you understand things in the God sense, oh no, they are the completion of each other. The one is found in the book of Proverbs where we are admonished uh, by God, really, uh, not to remove the ancient landmarks which the fathers have set. Remove not the ancient landmarks. Remember last night we talked about restoration and how God's objective, hallelujah, is the whole world, praise God. God's objective is to bring forth a people, especially in this end of the day, who are filled with all of the fullness of God. A people who have been changed and transformed. But a people who must be processed. A people who must be changed. Processed. How many are going through a little processing these days? Hallelujah. Remember last night I asked you how many of you have a condition? <laughs> Praise God. When George Fox of the Quaker outpouring spoke of Jesus coming to him. He said, the word that I heard within my heart is, there is one who can speak to your condition. And this one is the Emmanuel. God with us. Jesus Christ the righteous. Hallelujah forevermore. So, remove not the ancient landmarks. God has brought His people along from a historical perspective. Step by step, line upon line, precept upon precept, as Isaiah saw it, uh, coming. A mighty restoration. A mighty move of God. You may think that you are in a move of God now, and you are. But the half, the 99.9 tenths percent part of it, is yet 
an unknown quantity to us. We have only begun a new level to enter into a new level of experience. God help us if we feel that where we are today, wherever you are today in God, God help you if you think you have arrived. God help us if we get this attitude of of some kind of a a self-imposed righteousness. We are the people. We are the ones. Uh, I want you to know today that we are a part of a vast company of saints uh, who span the ages. Hallelujah. The past, the present, uh, and the future. The writer of the Hebrews tells us that we are encompassed about by so great a cloud of witnesses, of men and women who were faithful to the understanding that God had shed upon their pathway to the light that God had made known unto them and shed upon their pathway in their time and in their season. And these are the faithful ones. And they completed the journey that was assigned to them, and then they entered in, hallelujah, hallelujah, unto that which is before all of us. And yet, they wait, the writer of the Hebrews says. They wait. We are encompassed by a mighty cloud of witnesses. When I was growing up, Believe this or not, in a Hutterite colony, I like to listen to radio, to the radio. We didn't have radios. None of us had radios. But I like to listen to the radio. Now you can add the rest of that together. I like to listen to the radio, and I like to listen to a, a, a certain black singer by the name of Aretha Franklin. Now, you put Aretha Franklin into a Hutterite colony and you got some mix. Aretha could sing. She still can. Like nobody can sing. And Aretha had these uh, accompanists, I guess you call them, and she called them the mighty clouds of joy. And they would introduce Miss Aretha. And Aretha would say it. Here they are with us tonight. Everybody welcome them. The mighty clouds of joy. And whoa, the place just lit up. Hallelujah. But we are encompassed. Am I too loud? Oh, we are. Can you hear me? I doubt if that's the problem. The light is a problem. Uh, thank you, brother. But the mighty clouds of joy, that is how I think of those saints who have gone on before and they encompass us all around about tonight, uh, cheering us on, urging us to run with patience the race that is set before us. To me, they are not just some kind of ethereal, esoteric cloud floating around out there in who knows where, but they are more than that. 
They are the saints of the Most High God, uh, the faithful ones, hallelujah, who tonight are those mighty clouds of joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Send the rain, Lord. Send the rain, Lord. Send us the latter rain. Praise His wonderful name. Healing in the rain, Lord. Salvation in the rain, Lord. The deliverance in the rain, Lord. We sing, or used to sing, I don't know if we still sing it or not. We need the rain, Lord. We need the rain, Lord. The rain of heaven, the rain of the Spirit. Somehow, methinks those mighty clouds of joy are themselves filled with springs and wells of living water tonight. Hallelujah. And they're a part of that mighty ministration of heaven. The mighty ministration of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That is even in the atmosphere in which we dwell uh, today. Praise God. Getting back to my elder and his scriptures. The one was, as I already told you from the book of Proverbs, um, concerning not removing the ancient landmarks which the fathers have set. And then the other one was, he who puts his hand to the plow and looks back, how is it, is not worthy of the kingdom of God. Now that almost sounds like a contradiction. On one hand, we are told, to forget not the ancient landmarks and remove not the ancient landmarks that have been set. And then he tells us, but he who looks back, <laughs> puts his hand to the plow and looks back, is not fit. If you can understand that by the spirit revelation of the Holy Ghost, uh, you will see like they fit together like a hand in a glove. Um, we need to understand where we have come from. In order to know where we are, much less where we are going from here. We need to see that God has sent these times, as we referred to it last night, from the book of the Acts of the Apostles when Peter declared that Jesus would remain in heaven until the times of the restoration of all things. Hallelujah. And he spoke of those times of refreshing that shall be sent to us, the body of Christ, shall be sent to us from the presence of the Lord. All of those ancient landmarks, all of those mighty visitations of God, all of those mighty, if you want to use the word, revivals and moves of the Spirit throughout the history of Christianity and the world, if you will, are important landmarks. And those landmarks are not to be forgotten. They are not to be ignored. They are not to be removed. And yet today, we stand again in that place where God is moving by His Spirit in the earth. Our brother Hannigan tonight said it so well that he is aware, and I identify with it, and you are too, aware of this 
moving in the hearts of men in the earth tonight where there is a longing for something more, for something different, for something better. It's out there in humanity tonight. Why is that? Because as George Fox said, long before we know him, he visits us. Hallelujah. Has he visited you before you knew him? If you will look back on life's experience, whoo, there he was. Whoo, there he was. Ah, there he was, you see. At the moment, at the moment, you didn't know. But there was a peculiar rustling in the mulberry tree, in the mulberry bush. You didn't understand it all. But he was reaching out to you. We are told, reach out to Jesus. And he'll reach out to you. You know, even if you don't reach out to Him, He'll still reach out to you. Hallelujah. He died for you. He died for everybody you know. He died for the sins of the whole world. And as Brother Holt used to tell us, except you believe, he said, quoting the Scripture, you will die in your sin. Dear Brother Holt, but pleadingly say, you must believe. You must believe. Hallelujah. 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 Except you believe that I am He, you will die in your sin. So all of these mighty moves of God, which are a part of the history of the peculiar workings of God in the lives of men and in the lives of His own, are stepping stones to a greater glory that He will yet reveal in the end of the day. I know I'm going back over some things, but there are several different folks here tonight. But we also, the Lord also seemed to impress upon us that we should recognize every move of God. I'm talking about genuine move of God and outpouring of the Holy Spirit throughout the history of man as the workings and movings of God by His Spirit and give Him glory and learn from those things that were restored to the people of the living God for they are the ancient landmarks which the fathers have set and they are not to be removed. This pilgrimage, well, let me put it this way. We are on a journey. People who think they have arrived trouble me greatly. I'll be honest with you. I remember hearing this, how in the old church there used to be a sister by the name of Sister Hoopendiddle. And she would get up every Sunday. Maybe she had a different name where you came from. Where we came from, she was Hoopendiddle. And Sister Hoopendiddle would get up 
And she'd give a testimony every Sunday. And I think we should have a testimony. Our whole life should be a testimony. Brother, you said that in our life and by our life and through our life, the life that we are and have in Christ, in God, will draw men and women unto Him. But not just words. I believe it was Francis of Assisi who is credited with saying, preach the gospel everywhere, all the time. And sometimes use words. Preach the gospel all the time. And sometimes use words. To preach is to proclaim. Some people say, I don't like preaching. I love preaching. Jesus was the greatest preacher that the world ever knew. Paul came a close second, (laughs) praise God, and all of the holy apostles. And Jesus himself said, this gospel of the kingdom must be preached as a witness to all nations. I don't believe he was talking only about words. To preach is to proclaim, to release, hallelujah. From the depths of your innermost being, let it flow. Let it speak to the whole creation. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So the man who puts his hand to the plow, however, seems that there is a plow that is given for you and I to put our hands to. And that plow, which is our plow, In this time, in this hour, the man who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit and will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's full steam forward from here. Building on that which is behind. Yes? as stepping stones. But your mission and my mission is to complete the journey that we must run. Hallelujah. We had a we have a son, Ingrid and I, who uh, was in the Olympics twice. Now you may look at me and you will say that's hard to believe. <laughs> You didn't have to laugh that hard. <laughs> I could have been a wrestler, you see. But he was a runner. And he ran in the Olympics twice. Uh, Korea, Seoul, Korea, and in Los Angeles. But in watching him in the races as he was growing up, I could see that there was so much training, so much effort that was necessary, so much focus was required in order to run, just to run the race. There is a race that you must run. There is a race that I must run. There is a plow. Hey. There is a plow. That sounds good for a farm boy, doesn't it? There is a plow. 
that we must put our hand to as he leads us on step by step. Praise his wonderful name. That's why church history is important. It gives us an understanding of where we've come from so that we can better understand where we are now. And we can't go back and live those days over again. The spirit of those days and of those times is with us, however. Hallelujah. Because it's the same anointing. It's the same Holy Ghost. And the same requirement of faithfulness is ours as was theirs. The Bible itself is full of history. The historical, it is a historical record of the peculiar movings and workings of God. The Sharon Star in 1948, February 1st, concerning the church. The church, remember Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Paul spoke of the church to the Ephesians which is His body, the body of Christ, the fullness or the completeness of Him. The church, the ministry writes in 1948, is not an organization nor a fraternal order built by man. The church is a living organism. It is not organization. It is not a fraternal order. It is not some kind of a society, religious society, built by the mind or wisdom of man. The church is not an organization. Need I say, neither is the church a denomination. We talked about it last night, that the very word itself is offensive and should be offensive to the people of God. Denomination. The very word itself speaks of the people being denominated, being divided up. It speaks of division. And Jesus prayed in John the 17th chapter to the Father. He said, Father, my prayer is that they might be one. And why? Why? That they might be one. So, the world will believe, he said, that you have sent me. I pray that they might be one. How? In us. Even as thou art in me and I am in you. They may be one in us. That's the church, hallelujah, that he's praying for. That's the church which is his body. Paul says the completeness of him, the fullness of him, Christ the head, the Lord Jesus. 
And Christ the body, the body of Christ, the church, which is His body. Hallelujah. Without Him, hey, without Him, I can do nothing. How many know that? Without Him, I can do nothing. Without Him, I would surely fail, we used to sing. Without Him, I would be drifting. Like a ship without a sail. Yeah. So the church is not a denomination. The church that he's talking about in the New Testament and the church that he is building is his house. It is the family of God. The church of the living God, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, if you will. The church, the ministry writes, is not, the apostle writes in his day of 1948, the church is not an organization, nor a fraternal order built by man. The church is a living organism. It is the body of Christ of which He is the head. There is a hidden mystery to the natural mind and to carnal minds. The things of God, you see, cannot be discerned by the natural mind. They are discerned spiritually. An organism is anything that is analogous to physical organism. It is this analogy that Paul frequently employs when he compares the church with a physical body. In other words, the church is a body of spiritual, living members. And each member is placed in that body by Him as it pleases Him. Praise God. Now, I may sound very elementary tonight. That's all right. You need to be, ele- we need to be elementary. What kind of word am I thinking? I was going to sound like a, one of Brother Earl Henry's old words. We need to ele- be elementary at times or something like that. Elder Henry was quite a character in the church in the West Indies. He had ways of saying words that nobody ever said except him. And uh, he'd say, he told me one day, he said, uh, Brother Miller, he said, Brother Miller, he said, you know, Sister So-and-so, yes, Sister So-and-so, she, she done had to be hospitalized today. I said, what? He said, she was hospitalized. <laughs> I guess that's what I mean. <laughs> but you know, that was the end of the story. The next day he came, he said, Brother Miller, I said, yes, Elder Henry. He said, Brother Miller, you know, Sister So-and-so, yes, you know, today she is going to have to be funeralized. She passed (laughs) to glory. Hospitalized, funeralized. We need to be educated, I don't know, you could say it any way you, you want to. But we need to find our direction. 
We need to find our focus. We need to know our place. And we got to know what plow He's put our hand to in order that we can move on and move forward. This is not helter-skelter. This is not plain church. This is not religion that we're talking about. The Scriptures warn us about forms of godliness that deny they have them, but they deny the power thereof. What is that power? That's the life spirit. That's the anointing. Hallelujah. They deny the power. The traditions, Jesus warned, your traditions, He says they make the Word of God of none effect. And you say, ooh, I don't have any traditions. Well, I don't know about that. My prayer and my hope is, if I've got any, shake them out of me, Lord. Shake me loose. Praise God. Hallelujah. That I might walk together with you as a free-born son of the living God with my head held up high, knowing this is my Father's world. Hallelujah. No weapon formed against us shall prosper, they shall fall at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh unto thy dwelling. And thy dwelling is the house, the city. And you are the city that is set, if you can receive it, you are the city that is set upon the hill. Hallelujah. You are, I'm speaking body of Christ, you are the light of the world. Why are you running around with that bush all over yourself half the time? He said, if you remove that bush, it'll light the whole surrounding around about you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Well, <clears throat> when the outpouring of the Spirit came to Canada. I am not a Canadian by birth, um, but I am proud to say I am a Canadian by choice. I hope that counts for something. <clears throat> when I cross the border, Dan, I don't tell them that down there, but I tell it here. <laughs> Down there, I say, you know, I was born here in the good old USA. <laughs> yeah, but how is it you're Canadian now? They say, <laughs> okay, it's <laughs> another story. <laughs> but when the outpouring came to Canada in 1948, at that time, I would think I was three years old. I didn't know anything about what was happening. But what was beginning in an obscure place called North Battleford in the province of Saskatchewan would actually shake the whole Christian world and was destined, hallelujah, to bring forth, cause a people to be brought forth into the day that we are speaking of at this time. But at that time, one of the brethren wrote in the very early beginnings, this is not a revival. 
You know, sometimes we're hesitant to use the word revival because of so much that calls itself revival today is not revival. But this is not a revival. It is a revolution. A regeneration. A reconstitution of everything. Hallelujah. In Joel, depending on what part of the world you're in, some pronounce it Joel, some pronounce it Joel. In Joel's Gospel, uh, Joel's uh, Scripture, Word, Book of the Bible, in the second chapter, I, I use the word Gospel because it's such good news, you see. The second chapter, God is speaking by His Spirit, and Joel writes by the anointing, Verse 25 of chapter 2. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. He is speaking here prophetically of a restoring of a restitution, a restoring, hallelujah, of that which has been diminished and lost, not fully lost, but diminished by the minds and workings of carnal men with religious hearts. And he says, and you shall eat in plenty and you shall be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that have dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. That's why I say you can walk through this land with your head up high as a freeborn son of the living God. And it shall come to pass afterward, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my Spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens, and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever, thank God for the grace of God, that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. If you would like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.